up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting here from Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are in the heart of Arlington County on a beautiful May afternoon. It's Clarendon, of course. And I'm your host, Chris Farley, alongside me for this episode 106 of Pace the Nation. Of course, to my right, it's Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? It's also game five. It is. Oh, man. They're going to break my heart. The game five that you're referring to is Celtics Wizards. They play tonight. Caps Penguins play tonight. Game seven. And then the Orioles, not the Oreo, but the Orioles and Nats play. So big night in D.C. sports, and I'm hoping to go 3-0, and but we will see. Also, to our left, of course, it's our other co-host, William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? I'm bored with this Washington sports talk. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I said I wasn't going to let it get to me this year, uh-huh. but I'm fully invested, and it could be a, a tough night. I, I guess it is a good thing that we're recording on Wednesday rather than our, mm-hmm. our typical Thursday. True. So that maybe you possibly have energy. Yeah. Uh, how That's else do point. we want? What else do we want to say about this? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, we're still in the oh, hopeful phase. We don't yeah. know what's exactly. Happen. The, I guess the problem is though that uh, uh, even though we have a lot of recording to do and, and the backlog on on tweets episodes is uh, more than we care to admit. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you're just going to cut loose. You're just going to stand up and walk out and be like, oh, this, this game's on. I got to go. And we're going to be like, where are you, you going to go? Pretty high I, I thought you don't watch TV. And you're right. like, oh, I, yeah. Am I that big of a hypocrite on this show? Bigger. Uh, <laughs> much bigger. Well, it is a big night for uh, for me and the D.C. sports fans like me. And don't forget all the bandwagon fans in this town, <laughs> of which most of them are. Yeah, that's true. But by now... Big night for them. <laughs> by now, uh, people know whether the, the Nats won and the Caps won and the Wizards won. Unfortunately, Joanna's rooting for the bad guys in the uh, basketball game. They're not the bad guys. <laughs> Actually, I don't they hate kind of the, are. I don't hate the Celtics, but uh, they are the bad guys in this town. Uh, big show to get to today, guys, in the episode 106 of Pace the Nation. We are excited to be joined in studio today by professional runner Ahmed Bilay. He's going to join us uh, this afternoon to talk about, he was just overseas in Qatar, Qatar, how do you pronounce it? Qatar. Qatar. Mm-hmm. And what city was he in, Joanna? Doha. Doha. Doha, Qatar. Uh, he was training there with a with a group uh, that I think his dad, his dad who also was a, a famous runner. I think his dad was. Uh, he is. Is it Jama Bile? Yeah, I think it, I think it is. He um, I think he runs that group, and so we're going to get some details about that. He also was a, a a star runner at Georgetown. Just finished at Georgetown last year. He was also a Northern Virginia stud high school runner so docs and i will have plenty of northern virginia high school questions for him he ran at annandale goody (laughs) you just can't wait for that uh other stories today uh we're going to talk about a marathoner who gave up her winnings to charity pretty cool story there also uh, on today's program we're going to get into this two-hour marathon attempt i thought it was a pretty cool uh thing that nike put together some purists probably disagree with me but uh, overall, I think a pretty cool event. We'll talk uh, talk about that later in today's program. I also had a run-in with somebody who's associated with a, uh, a famous run- famous runner. Very random run-in. I'm going to touch on that. I uh, like how you use the word run-in. A run- yeah. Again, like <laughs> the, the ultimate wordsmith. Uh, a run-in with a random uh, person who is related to a famous runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Uh, but so a lot to get to follow that a lot to get to on today's uh, program today. Uh, but first, I mean, Docs, what is going on in the uh, Docs Manor? Oh, over at the old Docs Homestead. Yes. Um, Have I complained yet on the show? Has old man Docs complained about all the hockey pucks in my yard and on my (laughs) porch? And, Uh, you know, I think we talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. The, the kid next door is is playing hockey. He's got a goal set up in his backyard where he's shooting towards my house. And, you know, so I'll be mowing the lawn and there'll be hockey pucks 
you know, in the grass or run over them or, you know, they'll be collecting everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that was kind of irritating, but it wasn't as much as irritating as the hockey puck that ended up in my kitchen on Saturday. <laughs> what? Did it come through a window? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The big one, the big window in, in, in my, uh, in my house. And I was on the phone and I said an expletive and said, I got to go. And I hung up. Uh, it was, it was a work call. And then mm-hmm. when I called them back, like, are you okay? What happened? And I was like, it was a hockey thing. <laughs> but yeah. So a hockey puck. Like yeah. A like real he's puck. using like real hockey pucks, which actually I was telling some other friends about this and they were like, no, you're supposed to use either a tennis ball or one of those orange hockey balls that, right. that bounces off. For street hockey. Like, he's playing street hockey. There's not an ice rink next to your house. No, yeah. He's just shooting on the back porch. Okay, and they're gotcha. like, you, you get the same mechanics if you use like one of those balls without breaking windows. So he lifts a puck over the kids, fence. Kids getting good. <laughs> over the fence. And yeah. I should I should have said this too. Like there's, there's a fence between exactly. our yard and... And there's like these 30 foot trees. So the fact that any of these pucks are even getting through is pretty remarkable. So with enough velocity mm-hmm. to actually break the the window and yeah. come through into your kitchen. Yeah. I mean, that that must have been, number one, a, a pretty fierce shot. Uh-huh. Uh, and number two, awfully aimed. I mean, how, how can he, I mean, how do you hit it that hard and hit it in the wrong direction? I mean, cause he must've, you think of it when you, when you nail it and you hit it the mm-hmm. way you want to hit, it, it's going to have a lot of velocity mm-hmm. and it's maybe going to pick up enough speed where it can break a window, but I would think you would hit it square and it would go where you'd want it to go. Could he be aiming for your window? You think he did it on purpose? Well, I mean, how would he done it? Like, you would think he would I, shake I would say, one and it wouldn't go that did hard. Did he come over after he broke the window? Yeah, well, so I went outside and I heard him running. I thought he was running away. Uh, so I, I, I yelled. I was like, you just broke my window. Right. You know, like, to say, like, I know you did it. <laughs> but but he, he ran over to my – like, he was running out to the street, uh, around all the fences, and then back into my yard to, to look at it. And then when he got there, he was just like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. And I was like, listen, man, uh, I know it was an accident, but you guys need to put a net up now. Like, yeah. you, you got to – you can't You can't do this. can't break sorry, my windows sorry, every other sorry. day. And then I realized, like, I am the James Earl Jones character from The Sandlot. Like, the last thing this kid wanted to do was come over into my yard. <laughs> right. Like, he's terrified to, to actually see this, this crazy person that lives, like, in, in, the, uh, in, the, in that house. So it, it must have been very trying for him. Do you, know? you, do you interact with your neighbors at all, Docs? No, but I did talk to his dad after that. Oh, I bet, bet, I bet you did over this because this is a – I mean, the, the window's got to be hundreds of dollars. It's a big window. Yeah. Um, so you don't generally and, have interaction and with these guys. And we all agree that it was stained glass. <laughs> right. I guess stained glass is more expensive. I guess yeah, it is. Yeah. So you don't have very much of a relationship with this um, with this neighbor. How did that conversation with his dad go? It went good. I mean, it was fine. He yeah. like I I just uh, you know I just went up and I I was friendly about it and I was like, hey, you know, your kid's getting good. Yeah. Uh, maybe time to put a net up. And he goes, oh, yeah, I was just thinking, you know, I just told him no more playing until they put a net up. And I was like, all right, well, you're aware that he broke my window. No, I didn't know that. Oh, he didn't like, know. Then why did he have a conversation with his kid? No more hitting until they put up the net. Hmm. He knew. Oh, I, yeah. I think that he was just saying that, you know. Gotcha. That's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. We had a good conversation, actually. All right. Well, maybe maybe this is the olive branch. No. That will. No, we're not. Ta- I'm going to give them the bill and then we don't talk. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Wow, neighborly uh, William Docks here. The the when they bought the house, uh, that was like our our first and only previous conversation, mm-hmm. uh, and and he goes, I just bought this house, and I was like, cool, and he goes, I'm gonna put a fence up. <laughs> it's like, okay, he realized after you yeah. said cool, that was yeah. all he needed to hear. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna we're gonna check with the county to see if it could be really tall. Right. Well, it wasn't tall enough, obviously. It wasn't tall enough. Yeah. No, actually, I was looking when I was looking to get a fence at my house. That the county does regulate like how tall your fence can be. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Arlington County has rules and regulations for about everything. Everything for sure. And if you have enough money, you can get around them. <laughs> well, 
how long is it going to take your window to get fixed, Docs? A long time. You guys oh. know that the bathroom situation, I never <laughs> got that renovated. How, how? <laughs> I'm not sure if everybody is aware that we used to record in yes. the studio in my house. Yeah. Um, so for all everybody who came over as a, as a guest on, on the program, we'd always tell them, oh, it's in the middle of renovations. Right. Like, so they all thought that they showed up. But like for a year and a half, every guest that came over were, quote, in the middle of renovations. I mean, it was almost, un- the bathroom was almost unusable. Yes. For Why? It's just the floor was being taken up. Yeah, I don't know. And, was- no, and no mirror. Yeah, no mirror. Yeah, I guess I guess it was usable. All the plumbing it, worked fine. Yeah, exactly. I guess I guess it wasn't sightly. That was my problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need your bathrooms not only to be family bathrooms, but also to yeah. be sightly. Yeah, it definitely did not have a place to change, James. <laughs> um, well, uh, that's uh, I, I had no idea what I was getting into when I asked what was going on at the mm-hmm. uh, Doc's household. Uh, yeah. Big week for the Doc's household. Scale uh, of one to ten, good story. Yeah, good story. Right. I'd say uh, six and a half, seven. I was uh, unexpected. I wasn't. I didn't think that's where it was going to uh-huh. go. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed good. it. Um, I, I should have said, you know how I, I used to be advertising for? Hey, I'm looking for a a fence, a fence guy. Well, I'm looking for somebody who does windows. If you want a podcast that will talk about your windows and you can install a free window uh, into Dox's house, we will, we're, we're your show. Wait, uh, my, my neighbor's on the hook. You could charge oh, me yeah. whatever you want. You, like, yeah, just exactly. come fix my window. Just come fix it for free and then Dox will pocket the cash. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that was uh, an interesting story. Good thing it's not um, winter because uh, it would probably be pretty drafty in there. Oh, if, yeah. If, uh, if it was. So... If they could have broken the window at any point, uh, you know, this the weather's mild, nice. mild May that we're mm-hmm. having, I think, is a good time to do it. All right, but we did want to talk some running on uh, today's running podcast. Huh. <laughs> I know, crazy idea. But a uh, pretty cool event happened this past weekend. Uh, there was an attempt at the two-hour marathon. So I think the world record in the marathon is probably like 202, 203, something like that. Uh, and... People at one point thought it was physically impossible for a human to run a two-hour marathon. So Nike built a, a course and, a, and an event specific for this one runner to make an attempt to break that two-hour marathon. Now, the runner's name is uh, – what's what, how do you pronounce that, Joanna? I'm going to put it on you because I, uh, I can't. Elude Kipchoge? Yeah, let's call him Elude Kipchoge. So Kipchoge – he is a you know one of the world's best marathoners you know with a PR of two hundred three or something like that. Uh, so you know he is knocking on the door of two hours, but the difference between two hours and two hundred three is pretty significant. So Nike puts together this event in Italy on a Formula One race car track where it's optimal, perfect conditions for him to run this race. You know the course is flat; it was a loop course. Uh, and the unfair, I'll call it an unfair advantage that, uh, they also set up was that he would have, uh, Pacers, Rabbits, not, not Pacers, the running store. Pacers events. Yeah. The Rabbits jump in and out of the race and pace him throughout this attempt. And, you know, the purists would probably say, you know, this isn't a real marathon. This isn't a real event. We shouldn't celebrate this. But actually, I saw some replays, and I didn't stay up and watch it. I, did you guys watch it? It was on so late. It was it was on late. It was just a little past my bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, but I saw some replays and saw some write-ups afterwards, and it was really a pretty cool event. Um, he ended up not doing it. Uh, it ran, I think, two hours and 25 seconds. 25 seconds off. So he was 25 seconds think about seconds that. Off. That's less than a second per mile. Uh, unbelievable but just uh it was pretty, lazy pretty inspiring to watch the group uh try to pace him to this record and how excited the group was for him so to me i thought it was a really cool event and again the purist who say it's not on a certified course you know you're not allowed you know we talked about marathon cheaters last week and yeah. how you know it's it's illegal to have uh, you know, runners be right. paced by people who aren't in the actual event uh, that you're running in. And these guys weren't. They were just jumping in and out, sharing the lead, and there was a bike there with them. 
he was getting his fluids uh, handed to him, whereas on a certified course, you actually have to go to the table and pick up. You'll see the elites pick up the, the fluids themselves. Wait a minute. Does that mean that when I ran a marathon and, and a volunteer handed me my drink, I was, I was disqualified no, from you having can, an no, official? No, you, you, can, you can have it handed to you, but they can't like run alongside you and hand it to you. Uh-huh. So you can have it. And I think they eliminate all that by just having elites have it on a, on a particular table. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was set up for him to run a time that would be next to impossible right to, to well, run so let's let's put this on in, a regular course let's put this in perspective of uh one of the most famous running barriers ever ever uh broken was the four minute right. mile and when roger bannister did that th- there was a lot of talk about how uh, for the rabbits, he couldn't have a different rabbit per lap. Like that, that they made a big deal about how they had to start the race with him uh, and and be in the race and not come in later. Right. So I, I think that that's what I think that because of that discussion happening at that time, that's probably why, like you're saying, the running purist is bringing that up now. That's ex- yeah, that's ex- exactly right. Um, I but, don't know. I thought it was it was it was a stunt, but I think a cool stunt. And he didn't do it, but right. I would give him crazy respect if he did. I give him crazy respect for two, running two hours and twenty five seconds, even with all his unfair advantages. Well, I also think like when Wander Bannister broke four minutes, then everybody else started breaking four minutes as well. So yes. I think it's important that somebody break this barrier and the conditions don't matter as much to me because right. then if one person proves it can be done, then other people right, exactly. will do it as well. Exactly. It's it's be- because it's it's the whole mental part of it. Exactly. And, and that's what they're trying to do. And it doesn't matter. And, and also, why, why can't he do an effort like that? Who cares if it's not going to go in the Guinness Book of World Records or it's not going to be... Uh, recognized by by the IAAF or whatever it is, International Athletics Association Foundation of <laughs> Fredericksburg. <laughs> right. But, you know, like, like it's a cool running event. It's a cool thing, you know? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, I, was hoping he, I was hoping he would do it. And then um, I think, like you said, it could raise the bar for – you know that that all those other marathoners out there. I mean, the guy is already a stud. I mean, there's no there's no debating his credentials. Right. He was the 2016 gold medalist in the Olympics. He's run 203.05. So I mean, I, I'm not trying to say that it's on par with this, but I right. actually think that things like this make the sport more exciting. Kind of like the beer mile. Right. It's it's a different event. Good it's example. Not doing the same exact thing every time. Good example. And I think it. You know, it's sort of a stunt. Sure. And I don't know. I, I think that the purists out there, the let's run.com crowd, I, I, I don't even think they would cover the, they were, they were like anti covering the event. Um, but you know, love Robert. He was on our show before, but I think it was, you know, it was a legit runner doing a next to impossible feat. Even oh, if he has some, it's some, just something cool. You do different, different things, you know. You run a road race. You run on the track. You you go run a trail race. You do different things anyway. Yep, I agree. Who cares? You let it, you 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 win a New Jersey marathon having male runners right. pace you. Who cares? I mean, Julian is the the purest in the room. I, I don't she? think you're. I don't think you're you you're totally feeling this event. Well, I, I like I said, I think that it, it's a barrier that that if it's going to be broken, I am not too concerned about how the initial barrier is broken. And, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a really great marketing stunt by Nike, and it did bring a lot of attention to to running to running. Yeah, and so that's a positive, no doubt. And if I could just say, uh, we have a really tall runner who has run by the window twice now. <laughs> This is this is not Green Sox guy. Oh man! But, Breaking news here on the show. And he's on, but he's he's running on this block, not on the block across the street. So it's really interesting. Well, the count is two right yeah. now. So let's see if we get How some many more. T- no, I'm sure that's not Ahmed then. Um, but Ahmed will join us next. Uh, I, I'm interested in his thoughts on this uh, this Breaking Two uh, stunt, as uh, Joanna called it. Um, this guy Kipchoge. Trains in a Kenyan 
group similar to the group that uh, Ahmed was training in. Um, so I think there's a lot of things where Ahmed could uh, give us some insight and, and thoughts on because that really to me, like I said, the cool part about it was the group coming together and trying to help uh, Kipchoge out and trying to help him get to this uh, almost unattainable uh, uh, time of, of two hours. So Ahmed is back from Doha, Qatar. And I think he's going to be training here in D.C. at least for a little while. He's a professional runner who ran locally here at Annandale High School and Georgetown University. And he's going to join us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now excited to be joined by, guys, we got a former Georgetown great and Northern Virginia like legend, he ran for the Annandale. I think it's the Annandale Adams. Is that right, Docs? Docs. It, it is correct. I'm yeah. glad you asked me and not him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What, what's an What's an Adams? Well, well, let's bring him in. It's Ahmed Bile. Ahmed, thanks for joining us. How are you, uh, man? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, yeah. that's a good place to start. What is an Annandale Adam? I, seriously, are you asking this because you didn't take chemistry? I um, was or are you ask, that, I was asking this of, because you didn't think Farley knew what an atom was? Yeah, no, I, I was thinking John Adams. I oh, was gotcha. I was thinking A D A M. I get uh-huh. it now. So I hear it. Let's I hear, hear it from a med though. So I actually had the I was like, why is that our mascot? It seems like kind of a lame mascot, <laughs> right? And because it's a particle, right? Or made right, right. Okay. <laughs> I think, so I think that's right. I want to say the school was built in maybe the early it's 50s. It's made of atoms. Yeah, yeah, it's made of atoms, so <laughs> that's reason one, obvious. Okay. And uh, I think there was just like a, there was a bomb shelter underneath, and this was also in the era where I guess nuclear energy was just kind of a cool thing, a new thing, hmm. and it might have been like a really cool name at the time. At the time. It's very different. Yeah. I think yeah. it's, it's yeah. still cool. It's different. Did you have like a mascot running around at football games or cross-country meets? Never. 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 Okay. But I guess technically we were all mascots. Right. That's, <laughs> that's, a, good point. that's a good point. All right. Well, Med joins us. He's a professional runner. His best, guys, are his 1,500-meter best, which I think is one of his – probably his signature events, is 337. Uh, he's also run 147 for the half-mile uh, ran for the Georgetown Hoyas and just back from, let me get this right here, mm-hmm. from Qatar or Qatar? Which, which which one is it? So the Arab pronunciation would be Qatar. Okay. But Qatar is probably the closest okay. you, you can get. All right. So we're, we'll call Qatar. it Qatar. I mean, it, yeah. it, Qatar was big news with the World Cup. And mm-hmm. so everybody... I think butchered the pronunciation then or got it wrong. I so, think the World Cup brought to light the yeah, correct pronunciation. Exactly. So it is. All right. So Cutter will be what, what we'll go with. So back from Cutter, what uh, what brings you back from the training group that you're out there with? So I was out there uh, in hopes to to run for to run for Qatar. Okay. But um, I saw on Let's Run. I guess this was maybe a few months ago. Just a quote of the day was from Sebastian Coe talking about the this rule change where you can't s- switch countries, at least for this year. Everything is shut down for this year. So everything's mm. frozen. Nothing can be done this year. So I was there trying to see if I can sort everything out with a passport and everything to try and hopefully run at Worlds this, this summer. But as soon as I found out that was a no-go, I was like, well... I, I can definitely come back and do USA still. Um, right. So, yeah, that's so, what brings you back. All right, that, that makes sense. And what's better than being in Washington, D.C.? It's got to be better. I mean, is it hot over? It's got to be blazing hot over there, right? It was it was incredible. It was real hot. We did my morning runs at around f- anywhere between 4 and 5.30. I was out the door for the first run. Wow. And so that was, that was kind of brutal. It would be like 80 or 90 degrees by 6 a.m. Okay. So... And the evening, the evening wasn't too bad, but the day you're what, not going to do anything. What's not too bad? <laughs> uh, probably low 80s. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> in the evening. Count me out. So, yeah. So you were over there. Your your dad. Let's start. Your dad is a a famous runner who was a world champion himself, right? Yeah, 1987, he won the 1500. Uh, Cram was in that race, and it's the fastest last 800 of any competition ever. I think they closed in 146 flat. Wow. Yeah, for the second eight. Wow. So you were over there in a training group. That Was your dad associated with the training group, or how did you get hooked up with the training group over there? 
So my dad um, used to be coached a little bit by Jama. Uh, and Jama is, is is the coach of this group, right? And who is is Jama uh, for our he's listeners? He's a he's a Nike coach, mm-hmm. and he's also one of the coaches on the the Qatari national team. Okay, and he's just best friends with my dad. They he's the reason my dad got a chance to come out to the U.S. because uh, Jama ran for I think it's fairly fairly Dickinson, fairly okay. Dickinson yeah. in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and he told my dad, hey, if you if you run fast they do this thing where they give people scholarships to come to America. (laughs) (laughs) And my dad didn't even run at this point. Wow. So I want to say like a year and a half later, two years later, he, uh, you know, introduced my dad to, to John Cook or somehow John Cook became interested. My dad came over here because of Jama and their right. best friends. And John Cook, the coach at uh, George Mason University. Yeah. At the and, time. And yeah. your, your dad ran for George Mason in the eighties. He did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A lot of Northern Virginia connections. Yeah. So that is how you ended up growing up. Did you grow it, up in Northern Virginia like, uh, your entire childhood? Pretty much. I moved here when I was in second grade. Okay. Gotcha. So, oh, from Georgia. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, I, I know this Farley because there's a big banner in the <laughs> I- indoor track at George Mason yeah. uh, honoring your father's uh, championship. Did you do a lot of races in high school at George Mason as well? Uh, I did. I think I raced there definitely every indoor season. Right. There's, yeah. This is like for Northern Virginia. That's, that's where you go to run. Yeah. What was it like running on this track that had this big banner uh, <laughs> honoring your father? It was it was a lot of pressure at first because before I was even remotely good, I'd step on the line and I'd have the announcer telling every everyone I should be someone to look out for. <laughs> is that right? And so it wasn't very fun at first, but then I got used to it and it was it was fun. Okay. But, it was definitely a good feeling. I was definitely stoked to be there. Uh, people will point out the ba- uh, banner before the race. Right. Get me ex- try to get me extra nervous, but right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little unique. Uh, so you uh, trained with this this group, and I, I wanted to ask you about um, again the name of the coaches. Uh, Jama Adden. Jama uh-huh. Adden's group there. You're training with some of the best people in the world. Um, tell me some of the names who are the folks that you were training with over there. So Ayanle Suleiman, he's, um, runs 329 for the 1500 and 142 for the 800 and wow. three at Prefontaine. I want to say two years ago when he won, he ran 347 for the mile. And I, we remember him from the, the Rio Olympics. He made the final and was a definite contender to win in the, in the 1500. Did he run the 800 too in Rio? Or uh, he 15? did run the 800. Yeah. He did run. I didn't think he, he didn't make the final. The fi- but yeah. he made the final and was in the mix. Uh, and we've talked about that race many times on this show when Matt, Matthew Sensiewicz won that slow race. So he was one. Who else was in that uh, group? Genzibit uh, Dababa. Okay. So she's like a... Olympic champion just the greatest, the greatest. I don't even know yeah. yeah I don't even want to go into yeah. accolades uh, I don't yeah. even know most She's, of them she is the greatest runner ever maybe yeah okay so that's a pretty good group so mm-hmm. far um, and then um this guy uh from Qatar's name is Musab uh, Musab Bella mm-hmm. and he's a 143 guy and then a couple 145 guys and then just a wow. sea of just other guys, other guys who are, who are like mix. you, yeah, 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 who are yeah, in the mix, who just yeah. uh, we just run one forty seven or three yeah. thirty seven. <laughs> We're also Rans in this group, uh, so you go over there, maybe hoping for this dual sh- citizenship with Qatar. Um, how was training? Did you feel like you got you know a lot out of it being there? The training it was definitely a, a huge learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing two workouts a week at Georgetown, and. We were when you were in we, college. When I was in college, yeah, when I was at right. Georgetown, being yep. coached by Brandon Bonzi, mm-hmm. we were definitely. Uh, I guess the biggest stimulus we'd get was the race itself. So that was you know our speed workout. That was our hardest workout, you know. And then the training itself, it wasn't too difficult. I we'd rarely go to the well, but now I went from two workouts a week to three workouts a week, mm. and every workout was I was just going to the well. I was, it felt like right. twice as hard as any race I've ever run, just three times a week. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I guess when you're with that type of athlete over there, you can, and we're, are you in workouts with Suleiman? I mean, are you uh, running workouts with him, or is he in like a separate group? <laughs> no, no, he's in my group. So wow. the joke is when people say like, oh, that, how does it feel working out with him? I'm like, I'm, I'm on the track at the same right. time. <laughs> we're like in the same interval. We're, but yeah, he, he definitely, I get dropped. I, I mean, I got dropped every workout. Right. I think there. I could probably name one. I can probably name one workout where I, f- I finished the the workout right. in the last ten months. 
Well, I, I really enjoyed your video blog. Um, I don't know if you guys watched his video blog that I sent you. Um, very well done. A lot of it non-running um, yeah. stuff, yeah. which I which, which is I, perfect which, for which, our which show, which I really enjoyed. So yeah. tell us about like living over there, like. You're a guy who's grown up here in Northern Virginia, went to school here at Georgetown. It seems like maybe, I don't know, they don't have Wi-Fi on a lot of places there. And maybe, I don't know, from the video blogs, it was that, that, that to me, Wi-Fi is like, I can't move there if they it's don't have life. Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah, It's life. Exactly. It's life. Thank you. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> right. I So uh, in Qatar, the Wi-Fi is great. It was pretty... Yeah, it's pretty westernized. It's, mm-hmm. It was perfect. So I was doing, I started the vlog because my teammate, who's still at Georgetown right now, uh, Spencer Brown. Yep. And he has a, the, a vlog called The Athlete Special, which is getting quite a bit of views now. And he's the one that taught me how to edit and videos and everything. So I was interested in doing that. And so finally, I was just, I had so much downtime because I didn't have schoolwork or anything. Right. right. So and you're like, not going outside. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not right. going outside. I'm <laughs> I'm at a whole new level of fatigue, so I can't really walk anymore. So I'm just laying in bed, and I'm like, ah, I got to do something right. to kind of kill time. So I started the vlog in Qatar. I think I put out three, yep. and then I got to Ethiopia, and the Wi-Fi was just horrendous. It was non-existent. There were days where the power would go out, or the running water would just stop for like 24 hours. Wow. So so your you know. group trains in Cutter, and then you go to Ethiopia or different like training camps. Is yeah. that how it works? Yeah, Ethiopia was our training stint. We were in Solulta, Ethiopia, which is like twenty minute drive outside of Addis, and it's at nine thousand feet. Wow! My first time at altitude. And you Africa. would think like at nine thousand feet, wouldn't they be close to the satellites that you'd get the Wi Fi? <laughs> you would think so. One yeah. would think so. When it was a full moon, it was like the yeah. moon was I mean, right moon there. Was right there. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was the first time I saw stars too. Really, <laughs> I yeah, like really saw stars. Yeah. yeah. So no Wi Fi in, in Ethiopia. So that because it, it looked like you were doing the the vlog as you call it. Yeah. Um, you were you were doing that in January, and so w- when were you in over over in Ethiopia? I got there January fifteenth. Okay, and I left late March. Okay, so back to Qatar for wow. a few weeks. All yeah. right, so then there there wasn't much content from January to uh, March. Yeah. Well, you, I'm sure you have stuff well, on you your could, phone. You got to add. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. All so right, so we'll, I have to do we'll, that at some point. We'll, we'll tweet out the link of the the um, Ahmed's blog uh, or vlog video blog uh, at Pace the Nation, of course. So I, I have a quick question about the the training group that you were in because I think that that coach was was actually detained in Spain right before the olympics mm-hmm. um and there were there was suspicion of of uh, performance enhancing drugs did did that ever come up while you were training with that group and and you know were, were you at all concerned about uh running with this group i was so i found out that was happening actually the day i was supposed to fly to spain and so i went um and i went to ireland to race do a couple races and my dad at the time was there um and he told me after it was i think it was like a week and a half a week or so he's like um you know things have cleared up uh there's no more like police here if you want you can come train and so my my plan was to join that group and after i was on the fence for a few a few weeks i just wanted to see what was going to happen because of that incident because of that incident yeah. yeah and so um but after a while, and Coach Bonzi was awesome when that mm-hmm. happened. He said, because um, I still had my fifth year, mm-hmm. and he told me, um, you know, if things don't go well, you can always come back here for your fifth year. And, right. And it was nice to have that option. And so I went there, trained. It was surprisingly calm. Nobody, it was, it was kind of like business as usual. Nobody was even talking about the incident. I'm sure people were, but uh, uh, yeah. Docs, explain the incident. What what we were talking well, about? Well, there there was a a raid on I guess in, at the hotel by the Spanish police or or equivalent or something like this, and and they they raided that camp, and they detained the coach in country, and there were rumors that they found like a suitcase full of syringes and performance enhancing drugs and. Uh, there was a lot of question. I, I guess they took his passport and they weren't going to let him out of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure what, what came of that, but yeah. So the, yeah, the biggest thing with that was there's, um, kind of like when, uh, in Ethiopia or even to make it closer to home, kind of like in Flagstaff, you're going to have so many people there to train. 
Right. There's going to be so many different groups there. Mm-hmm. Most people even maybe staying in the same facility or apartment building or, or hotel. So in the hotel uh, the group was at, there were teams from, I want to say, five or six different federations. So mm-hmm. five or six different countries, different coaches, different physios, et cetera, right. c- uh, coaching staffs. So the the any PD that they thought they found, whether it was uh, EPO or anything, they found, I don't want to say the country, but they found another country's physio had it, uh, okay. who was working with a different team. But uh, the biggest thing was, the biggest name at the, obviously, hotel is... You know, there's been a raid and things have been found where Dababa is staying and where Coach Jama Adden is staying. Right. And I and that's the first time I ever I was always like kind of naive. And that was the first time I realized firsthand, you know, you have to have a, you know, big name for your for, you know, a title. And so they were throwing around Jama's name and Dababa's name. And the the entire time, the investigation was uh they were, the cops were coming after them just because they were headlines. They were, they were yeah, there, and they were like, "Well, we found this, and these people are here." But it was uh, it was a physio from another country who who had the the, the drugs, and unrelated to that group. Yeah, yeah. So, so do you in your training there? Do you mm-hmm. ever see anything that you would think was you know not you know legal, out of the ordinary, yeah. anything? Uh, no. 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 Yeah. 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 Right. And when I was in Ethiopia, obviously, I wasn't getting tested because it was just the, the superstars at that point. <laughs> right. But I was with Ianle and with these guys. And I feel like doping control is there like twice a week. Just really? always. Yeah. So, I mean. Just random sh- showing up, ran- yeah. random tests. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. Well, that's good to know that, that they are on top of it. Like, yeah. It's great. So, one of the things that I gathered from the vlog was that you uh got to spend some quality time with your dad how was that uh that was awesome yeah i want to say right around sophomore year of high school or junior year he started to to work abroad Mm -hmm. he was the head coach for the saudi arabia uh track team the national track team Mm -hmm. so that's when he first went away and then he started coaching uae and then now he's coaching at this elite high school called the aspire academy which if you if you want to Google it, it's, right. it's, it's outrageous. It looks like a spaceship. There's <laughs> it's the greatest facilities I've ever seen in my life. Wow! But it, yeah, it was definitely great to spend some time with them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and and you know, it, again, this is in the vlog, but you know, he chronicles some of the the things about his dad. One of the things I really liked was his propensity for small talk. I'm not a big small talk <laughs> guy, but your dad, man, like, what kind of small he, talk is he into? He, oh my goodness! It, at restaurants, he he's big on. I don't even know where to start. He loves cooking. Cooking, okay. And he's pretty good at most things. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no really middle ground. It's sometimes it's just horrible, but most of the time, what he makes is amazing. And he he hates going out to eat because he's like, you got to go out and you got to ask him what the recipe is, and then you have to come back. And you, you can make it yourself. And he's kind of like a st- – he seems like a stern guy, but he's, right. he's hilarious. A lot of my friends said they were intimidated by him just because of – like he's got resting, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but he's, he's hilarious. So he'll small talk about food, small talk food. about the weather. I mean, the weather has got to be – I mean, what's small talk about the weather? The weather's just hot. I mean, it's what else can you say? <laughs> exactly. He was just like uh, – well, I guess once you, you've been in the Middle East for a long time, it – it the hotness it varies okay. there's, so, so there's for <laughs> them it, it's like oh man it's nice out it's nice today and that that means it's sub 100 right and then you know a normal day is probably right around 100 and then i've never been there but in june i heard it, you know it'll get up to 115 120 so okay so there's some small talk there that you can yeah, talk about yeah. the varying weather um you also asked him or one of your one of your friends um uh, and, and I'm pulling this straight from the video blog. Again, we'll tweet out a link. Um, there are five favorite rappers, and I think you use a lot of rap music during the uh, during the blog, too. Yeah. Your dad have five favorite rappers, or was it a question? I don't think it was a question to your dad. I think it was a question to somebody else. Uh, no, it, it was a question for my dad when he was 
we were in Saudi Arabia yeah. for uh, like a religious pilgrimage. We we just spent a weekend there, mm-hmm. and so he was actually working on my hamstring, and. I kind of set him up for because I know he's gonna have funny answers because I know he has no idea what I'm talking about. So I, <laughs> so my friends say my dad's hilarious because of the vlog, but really I like to think it's the situations I put him in. It's all, <laughs> it's all strategic. Right. So I knew right away I'm gonna say you know wh- who are your f- top five rappers, dead or alive, and I know he doesn't even be know how to begin to answer that. He probably yeah. So he just goes, he stares at the camera, and he just goes dead. <laughs> I, I don't even think he knew what I was trying to say. <laughs> so. So he didn't answer top five rappers, huh? No. All right. Well, who are your top five rappers? Oh, man. Dead or alive. Dead or alive, yeah. Dead or alive. Don't say dead. Uh, Biggie. Yes, okay. All right. Dang, Uh, that's that's a good answer. Oh, man. Drake. Okay. All right. One dead, one alive. Yeah. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole. Okay. Is that two? Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's four. You got one more. And then... It's a tie between everybody else. T- oh, Tupac. I like Tupac. Do you like Tupac? Like Tupac and Biggie. For, or that, I mean, I'm showing my age here. That's yeah. who I like. And I like Snoop Dogg. I mean, those are all like mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everybody knows yeah. these rappers, you know. Did you want to wait for one oh, of Oh, Kanye. 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 Okay. I put Kanye on there. Okay. I right. do love Tupac, though. All right. Okay. All right. That's a good five. <laughs> I've got, uh, I, I like Biggie. I like Tupac. I like Snoop Dogg. I like Dr. Dre. These are all like my high school day rappers, uh-huh. you know. Did mm-hmm. you want one of us to ask you that question first? Or you just want no, to answer No, no. I was just going to answer Just go right it. into yeah, it? I was just going to answer I just wanted to plug the, the video blog and, uh-huh. and give you a sense of what you're going to get when you get there. Because I'm not sure the uh-huh. Pace the Nation nation would quite understand uh, a lot of it but just mm-hmm. just stay with it i think it, it is is really well done Thank all you. right so you are um you're back uh what what ult- ultimately you made the decision to, to to leave the training group and and move back here to uh the u.s where there's wi-fi a plenty which is amazing always and always <laughs> always well, always and always. data there yeah. is no wi-fi there's yeah exactly so We've it got doesn't options. even matter which is amazing so uh, what you ultimately moved back because uh, you decided you want to run USA's here, is yeah, that right? Yeah. And and uh, what's your situation now? Who are you running for? And uh, what do you ho- what do you hope to do running wise this uh, this spring and summer? Yeah. So running wise, um, I was talking to Coach Bonzi about this. I think once we get to you, we're going to do a few races uh, in a few weeks. I'm going to do a couple 800s in Boston back-to-back days june 1st june 2nd okay and then once you get to usa's i think he said you know just start talking to different shoe companies and stuff i would definitely like to start doing get that sponsored yeah and, okay yeah um and what what is what is that process like do you have an agent do you get an agent or can coach bonzi kind of navigate yeah. that for you i think we haven't even started talking okay. uh, like in detail about it so uh, to be honest, I have no idea. Yeah, I would okay. assume at some point, yeah. well, you know, I'm, I would I'm sure he's a listener of the podcast. You can go ahead and just tell him the terms on here <laughs> right, and, right, exactly. and, and it'll yeah. be binding. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but, but June and then, and then USA's are, uh, June 25th, June 25th. Yeah. Okay. So you hope to run what the 800, the 1500, uh, 1500. Okay. 15. Do you have a qualifying time already? I did. I did. I ran one last, last July. Yeah. So I only did one race this entire year. So that's why I'm just going to try and do as many races as I can before USA's. But I do have that qualifying time. The qualifier, time. you yeah. ran 337. At, uh, that one didn't count. Oh, that didn't yeah, count. Yeah, okay. because I think I have to run it after July 1st. Okay, so there was a cutoff date. Yeah, so I okay. ran this uh, 1500 in Belgium. Uh, July 22nd and or 23rd. What, what was your time there? It was 338. Yeah. All right, so that qualifies for USA. And, the, and again, this year is a world championship year, so if you're top three with the qualifying time, you get to go to Worlds. And where are Worlds this year? London. Are in London. Good yeah. spot Good spot to be. I thought you were going to say that the uh, the 1500 didn't count because you ran it on a uh, Formula One track in Italy uh, with pacers. <laughs> well, Laser I wanted, pacers. I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you about it. I'm glad you brought that up, Docs. Um, so we talked before you came on, Ahmed, about uh, – this 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 group of of runners i would say they're similar like this and, and again the, the the guy's name who ran two hours and 25 seconds is kip choge um you know he's a kenyan athlete and first of all do you guys know all these different groups like he's in this training group in kenya and you mm-hmm. go to this ethiopian group do all these groups know each other uh the 
I'm sure like the the way better guys in the group like Ayanle, I'm sure and just and Genzebe are probably friends with these people. I I haven't met uh anyone from the Kenyan camp personally because it's usually Ethiopians and then you know people from different nationalities in Ethiopia and then Kenyans and then people from different nationalities training there but Kenyans will never come to Ethiopia to train right. and vice versa. So I never got to see any Kenyans during my altitude scent. Did did you did you happen to watch this uh this this uh, stunt that Nike put on to try to break the two hour marathon. I didn't watch it live just because yeah. it was so. I think I was asleep, but yeah, I I definitely watched plenty of clips the next morning. Yeah, one of the George, one of the, actually one of the Pacers was a Georgetown grad. I, I don't remember his name, but Andrew Andrew Bumbleo Andrew, yeah. Andrew Bumbleo yeah. was one of the Pacers. I thought, and I'm interested from your perspective because we sort of debated it on the show before you came on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it it definitely is a stunt and not for a lot of the running purists weren't fans of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, your, what's your take on, a, on, an, on an event like that? Man, I'm not going to lie. At first, I was like, oh, this might be the stupidest thing I've ever seen <laughs> because I was like, no one's going to go under two hours. Right. That's an impossibility. And then I was like, eh, maybe I'm being naive. Maybe it's not even about the time. and It's just going to be the greatest marketing thing ever, And in which case, like, good for Nike. Right. But, man... <laughs> when he ran two hours, I felt. I mean, I I ate my words. Yeah, I exactly. He he could probably do it on a, on a second go. I I, <laughs> I actually agree, and I I think that once, and I think that a lot of people who you know thought it was maybe a a publicity stunt, which it kind of was, but I think very well done. Once you see the guy out there running two hours and twenty five seconds, I mean, you got to hand it to him. No matter what conditions, you put him on a treadmill that's you know. That, that maybe even does a little of the running for you. I'd still say running twenty six point two with a miles. Batman costume. Yeah, running twenty six point two miles uh, and and just a shade over seconds over two hours is impressive. What what did you think about uh, the conditions and you know how they made it favorable for him with the Pacers coming in and out? Did uh, did you have an opinion about how that? I you know I figured they were gonna try and make the conditions as perfect as possible. So at that point, I just thought it was really cool what they did with the the laser pacing and yeah, the like the V formation to kind of like block the wind for him and the the rabbits taking shifts. Yeah, yeah. And I think it just goes to show it, you could probably attack a lot of these other records and try and do the same thing. Maybe you know with right. the fifteen hundred. You know there are some guys who can't even run that fast for 1200 to even get somebody to you know get to that point to break a 1500 world record but you know on a perfect day switching out rabbits every you know 400 meters yeah and how important is the rabbit for you now you've run races with rabbits so i Mm -hmm. assume your 337 was with a rabbit right yeah yeah and how important are those rabbits for you it's 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 everything yeah it's so hard to i mean there are definitely guys who can front run sure there's some guys that actually like front running but uh i just i I need a rabbit. <laughs> if right, I want right. to run fast, I need somebody to kind of to key off of. And that day, actually, Robbie Andrews was pacing us, and he went 1,300 meters. Wow. So that was huge. Right. And so it's kind of like the – do the Nike rabbits, do they go all the way? No, they, they switched in and out. They, they did but switch in and out. They, they like, were, did they let them go the last 400 or – Yes, they let okay. them go the last 400. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it, again, it was – and your example was good of it would be like Robbie jumping in a 400 and then another rabbit jumping in a, the next 400. And obviously that would not be a a, a qualifier for any sort of championship or it would be, wouldn't be a legal qualifier for any sort mm-hmm. of championship. But I, I, I would guess if you have somebody in that last – because if Robbie goes 1,300 meters, you know, somebody in that last 200 meters will probably help out. Yeah. And actually, I'm sorry, the more I thought about it, I was like, 1,500 might be a bad example, but 10K. Oh, no doubt. For sure, that world record, there there are people that can't get to 4K or can't get to 5K at that pace and feel comfortable or look good. So uh, that would be huge to uh, the 10K record would probably be something to do. So you've been surrounded by these professional um, runners who are just, you know, the greatest in the world, Um, like, you know, Kipchoge, who you know almost broke the t- the two hour marathon, you've been surrounded by guys like that. What is it about those? Like, what's the difference? Like, what can I do as the average runner to be <laughs> yeah. like those guys? Oh man, I was well. One of the athletes I got to, he wasn't like in the group at all, but his hotel was down the road. It was Mo mm-hmm. and uh, Mo Farah. Yeah, and he was just staying at a hotel. I want to say it was 
really close. It was like 400 meters, 800 meters away. And so he, he knows my dad. So sometimes I would, he, he'd be running with Abdi Abdurrahman and I would join in with them and those guys are aliens. I mean, <laughs> like, so you gotta be an alien. Okay. You gotta be an alien. One. So that's the first thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it's just years of, uh, if I can use Mo as an example, yeah. how old is he now? 33, I think. Yeah. So I think it's just accumulation of, it's kind of a boring answer. Right. But I was actually talking to my old teammates at Georgetown about this. And I think it's just accumulation of tr- all those years of hard training. Mm-hmm. And, um, he really does just kind of hard work, mm-hmm. but there's hard work and then there's what he's doing. Right. And so you really just have to be be willing to suffer every day like that. I mean, 120 miles a week. Right. He spends so much time in the gym. And just from, I've never been in the gym with him, but I would, you know, just be having coffee with him. Somebody was like, he, he's in the gym for like two hours. And, um, you know, he's just always doing something. So it's just so hard work. It's just hard work, but like, God, you're out. But like an obsession. That's, it's like, right. it's got to be like. Right. Well, a guy like you who's super talented, you obviously, your dad was a world champion, amazing genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, you've run incredibly fast, but you got a lot of other interests. And I've gathered this through, you know, my wife is Julie and she, you know, she's coach over at Georgetown, uh, which is great. Yeah. Um, but, you know, is that like you know, the video blog, all that stuff, mm-hmm. is that conducive to get to that level that we're talking about to these guys? Do you think you yeah. have what it takes? Can you do what they do to get to that level? Uh, definitely. I think so. The, it, and with the, the vlog too, I was thinking about when I was starting it, I was like, oh man, was this going to be like, is this, would this affect anything? Is take away from, yeah. yeah. But I figured the only time I'm really vlogging is when, like you'll see in a lot of the shots, I'm in the airport walking anyway yeah. so i might as well take my and i just use my phone i don't use like a camera mm-hmm. so it's even more convenient i'm just kind of whipping out my phone and a lot of and a lot of the the good shots it's just editing like yeah. i'll just like <laughs> take a one second clip right and i'll just try and make it cool with the music and everything but i'm really not doing much right. so i think i think if i was like running around intentionally trying to you know capture all these great shots and right. do all these things and there were moments where i could have done those things and uh like this one time I wanted to walk. It was like, it's like a four mile walk. I was running and I went four <laughs> miles out for an out and back. And I was like, oh, this would be a great place to like record a little something. And I was like, I'm not going to walk Can't four miles here, right. drive four miles here. So right. it's, I guess if you don't go out of your way to do it. Yeah. I and I, I mean, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that you can, and you have shown that you've been able to, to run at the highest level. Um, maybe, maybe a little less donuts. Would that, would that help? I yeah. mean, you, you seem to enjoy, but who doesn't enjoy Krispy Kreme? My creams? sweet tooth is crazy. Yeah. 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 Who doesn't enjoy those Krispy Kreme? So. I was at Cold Stone last night, man. Yeah. I see. There's <laughs> nothing, wrong, nothing wrong with that. And, and did they have a Cold Stone at 9,000 feet in Ethiopia? They have no Cold Stone there. Nothing. No. Um, okay. So it's like the Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I was going to say nothing. So good. Like, That's harsh. why they're so good. There <laughs> was Cold Stone in Qatar. Yeah, there yeah. was Cold Stone and Starbucks cream and Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks in Ethiopia. No. Uh, no Qatar. Oh, no Starbucks no in Star- Ethiopia. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, but it, don't they make their own coffee in Ethiopia? Yeah, the coffee was. Yeah, the coffee was awesome. Yeah. The coffee, it's super strong. It's like espresso style. They give you like that. Uh, just, I, it's, right. it's a podcast. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> he gave us a just yeah. imagine. Yeah. Imagine, imagine what like a really little bit small. Bit. Like an espresso shot. Yeah, and if you have two, you're just not going to sleep. Like it was the strongest coffee i've ever had in my life but it was very good well i will say about your sweet tooth i'm, I'm gonna uh, you know you know matthew we've had matthew sensuitz on this program before uh-huh. and that guy i mean he's got a bigger sweet tooth than than anybody i know yeah. so he's probably consumes more mountain dew uh swedish fish yeah. and reese's pe- peanut butter cups than <laughs> than any other uh olympic champion that's that's probably true i mean he does it when it's appropriate you know yeah, it's all, yeah. the timing is there everything of of you know training when you're in the, your training cycle i'm sure you can when you're off and these guys and these guys take off like yeah. a month at a time right yeah yeah so you can load up on the cold stone actually yeah. can i show you a picture on my phone yeah yeah all right he's showing us a picture here um this was literally this was just the other day i was just playing video games and eating junk food all day recovery right, it was see, recovery recovery day see it was a recovery day I mean, we have elite milers on this who just uh, this is fantastic 
All right, so Ahmed just showed us a picture here of him passed out with um, <laughs> a bunch of candy surrounding him. So, I mean, you know, hay, we, again, we, uh, we've talked That's to other... That's the trick, Farley. You don't need milers. enough candy. You don't okay. need enough candy. I like that. I like that more than and, the hard work. And you don't play enough video games. Yeah. 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 So we'll have, to, we'll have to get that picture and tweet it out to show uh, the, the, the audience what Ahmed was talking about. Mm. Um, so... I wanted to I wanted to close and, and I really appreciate your time. We're sitting down with Ahmed Bile. Uh, he is a former Georgetown Hoya great. Um, I want to talk about you know some of your favorite Northern Virginia. Like you were a star uh, state champion, you know a national contender um, for for Annandale. What are your, some of your favorite uh, high school memories? Uh, I two right off the top are probably uh the dream mile mm-hmm. uh that was in new york and getting invited to that that was huge uh ran a big pb there who, um, who else was in that race that was brandon kidder was in that race isaac yorks mm-hmm. uh cheserak craig nowak um oh man i'm forgetting names so it's just okay. a lot of yeah, that's, yeah, yeah ben malone yeah. yeah a lot of studs and then cheserak pretty good I yeah mean, he, he you know he's he's won just about every event from the mile to the 10k it seems like so yeah and then uh probably the next week i uh my last high school race i, I won nationals in the 800 wow and so and that was new balance nationals in north carolina yeah, right yeah wow that that's that's incredible uh what made you choose georgetown mm, uh well it was kind of my dream school like as a freshman in high wow. school I was yeah, yeah Georgetown basketball was was huge. Um, hopefully they come back. Was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, ho- hopefully Patrick Ewing is going to take you. Unfortunately, your four years they weren't as good as as they could have been for sure. I, I don't even think we were in the tournament the yeah. last oh, three or two. Dagger, man. Yeah. yeah, but um and coach Coach Henner yeah was um at the time Coach Banks was the assistant coach mm-hmm. not Bonzi but I just really liked Coach Henner. He's great. Um, Love when coach he came Henner. over, my parents loved Coach Henner. Yeah. Um, he was just such a like a sincere. You can tell he was just great so coach. sincere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great coach, and so and the campus was just yeah. awesome. The school was the school was great. I, the guys on the team hit it off with right away. Um, so yeah, all those all those factors. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, you're in a good spot. I'm biased, obviously, with Julie over there, but uh, great to see you back here in the states, over at Georgetown, over at the hilltop. Uh, looking for big things from you this uh, this spring and summer, man. Thank you. So thank you, thank Thanks. you so much for, for joining us uh, today on the program. Uh, that's Ahmed Bile, uh, former Annandale Adam in Georgetown Hoya, joining us here on Pace Nation. Ahmed, thank you so much for joining. Thank us. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. There he goes. That's Ahmed Bile, former Georgetown and Annandale great. He joined us here on Pace the Nation. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Ahmed Bile for joining us today on Pace the Nation. Really enjoyed the sit-down with him. You can find him on Twitter. It's Bile underscore Ahmed. And on Instagram, it's BileXC. Although he says he needs to change his Instagram because... Not a big fan of cross-country <laughs> anymore. I know. Uh, he was really good in high school, and I guess, you know, when it went from... He said when it went from five k, five k to an eight k, eight k. Yeah, uh, you run it. You run a five k in high school, and then when you get to college, you have to run an eight k. Right. So. But I feel like Shelby Houlihan, isn't she? She went to the Olympics in the five k, and mm-hmm. her Twitter is still Shelbo eight hundred. Okay, so yeah. yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You can. You can have no, that listen, Instagram. Listen, it's fine. They Pat, both Pat. need to change it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's again Belay underscore Med on Twitter and Belay XC on Instagram. So give him a follow on both those platforms. Uh, fun, and, fun interview with Ahmed. Yeah, and check out his video blog. Yeah. Um, we, I think you said we were going to try to tweet out the, uh, the link, the link. We, we, we say a lot of things that we're going to tweet out. Uh, so, you know, 50, 50, check it, usually, you know, 50, 50 that we actually follow Steve, through. Steve usually does. Come on. Uh, all right. Well, um, but it, it is entertaining and, and he has a, uh, 
He has an eye for this stuff. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm serious. He needs to work for Pace the Nation. Yeah, did we say that off air? I, I said we need to get to him before he signs with an agent <laughs> because the agent's going to look out for his best interest, That's and we want to make sure that uh, we're getting him at, at cost, right? That's a good point because off air I said, Ahmed, like, let us when you get that agent, have him talk to us about working yeah. for us for at it's Pace Farley, the Nation. This I guy. I know. That's a good point. So, Joanna, how's your running going? Um, this week is actually going really well. The weather is really nice. My hip isn't bothering me. It's great. How come your hip's not bothering you anymore? Uh, well, thanks to Dr. Beck. Nice. So, yeah. Took former a, guest Dr. Beck? Former mm-hmm. guest Dr. Beck, yeah. He took about two weeks and healed up my hip, and now I'm running pain-free. That's fantastic. That's good. You're always in a better mood when you're running pain-free. <laughs> so I'm really thrilled to hear that. I think everybody is. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that for sure. And it's, it's 60 degrees outside. It's like it's under 50 in the mornings. This is perfect. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm glad that you do mention when it is good weather because a lot of times we hear, <laughs> know, we definitely yeah. hear when it's 90 degrees in April. I would say typically I would say that Joanna must be hurting. Yeah, I, I would. Based, I would say based too. on that, she's always in a good mood when when she's healthy. That's true. That's, yeah. that's true. Um, well, at least you're not in Cutter, and I know I switched from Qatar to Cutter because mm-hmm. it was re- it's really hot there. You had I our lo- guest doing that too. I know. I love how he was saying that the, it was different. The different. Uh, weather was 115 or 90. <laughs> yeah, a nice day means it's double digits. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we talked to Ahmed about uh, drugs in the sport a little bit. A little bit. And, you know, it is, it is a problem. Um, and this story came out this week that uh, Rita Jeptu, who was the champion of the 2014 Chicago Marathon, uh, she won the marathon but was later found to have ha- had taken performance-enhancing drugs. So... That means that everybody officially moved up a, up, up a spot. Uh-huh. So, so Amy Craig moved up from fourth to third, which means she got an extra $5,000. And Amy Craig was the woman who got uh, – did she win the Olympic trials? She did, In the yeah. marathon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Craig took that $5,000 and donated it to the Chicago Council of Girls on the Run, which is pretty cool. So I thought that was a really cool story, and I wanted to mention that. So something good happened from this drug cheat. So are you encouraging more drug cheating? <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, no, definitely okay. not. Right. Definitely not. But I, I wanted to highlight the good. Mm-hmm. I wanted to highlight the positive. From you like this. the silver linings on those yeah, clouds. I do. I, do. I yeah. do. All right. All right. I think I said I had a random run-in with um, somebody who is associated with a star runner. You think you did, or, or you wrote it down? I think that's what I said. And you don't write down what you say at the top of the show? My computer died. It was on my computer, but that's roughly what I said. But I, I did want to bring that up. Uh, very interesting sort of interaction I had with the landlord of our Clarendon building here. Landlord stops me here on Clarendon Boulevard, mm-hmm. right by where our store and our podcast uh, studio is. And he said, hey, Chris, how you doing? How are things going? I noticed that you have a studio uh, in that office space. <laughs> Uh-oh. Where is on, this going? <laughs> on Highland Street. Yeah. And I said, yeah. And I wasn't sure where it was going either, but yeah. he was fine with it. He's like, if you, if you look at the particulars, that's uh, <laughs> double rent. Right. So he was actually fine with it. It's, you know, and I, I was hoping um, that it was fine within the lease because I didn't read the fine print of the release. Right. But, you know... It, it it seems to be uh, that that wasn't that wasn't an issue. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we started talking about you know the store running the podcast. I said we do a running podcast, and then the guy next to him introduces himself to me, and you know he didn't look like anybody who was you know into worth running talking or, to <laughs> into running um, or a runner or anything like that. So in your eyes, worth talking to. Right. So yeah. uh, he says, uh, "Well, you might know my niece." I said, oh, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, but his Can niece. Can we guess? Can we guess? Yeah. His niece, Kate famous Murphy. runner. No. That would make more sense. Yeah. Someone local. Joanna's turn? So, wait, you said famous runner. Famous runner. Um, we've talked about her, her on the show a number of times. Mm-hmm. Professional runner. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Joanna's getting more hints than I did. This is unfair. <laughs> yeah, Emma Coburn. Uh, not an Emma Coburn. Uh, lives in Michigan. Desi? Yeah. What? He's like, have you heard of my uh, niece, De- Des Linden? I was like, De- I was, I was taken. I was like, it was. I was expecting him to say random Joe yeah. jogger. Yeah. Have you heard of my niece? She was the uh, seventh girl for West Potomac uh, yeah, exactly. six years ago. Exactly. That's what I was kind of expecting. Yeah. But no, his niece, the landlord's co-worker or buddy, niece is Desi Linden. How about that? One of the best How about American <laughs> distance runners, best marathon women marathoners of all time. And so did you parlay that into anything? Uh, you know, I said we'd actually love to have her on the show, and he didn't seem like he'd had he had any poll with her. Right. Which I don't know. If it's ridiculous, I can get my nieces on the show anytime <laughs> I want. They have been on the show. <laughs> so no, I didn't really parlay it into anything else. Um, except this great story. Yeah, except for this fantastic <laughs> story that uh, that uh, you know I killed ten minutes on the show. I guess. Uh-huh. Other than that, other than that, no, not too much. But All how right. random is that? All right. Des Linden. Uncle, did you did you ask? Did you ask uh, what's her metronome secret? Is, <laughs> no. Was she a drummer as a kid? Uh, I didn't ask that. We did yeah. talk about her, uh, you know, being sort of a a shorter runner who doesn't have the stride length of some of her competitors. Uh-huh. So we didn't get into the metronome of her um, stride or anything like that. But right. a little bit, yeah, close enough. Well, how about that? All right, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area D.C. locations. Pacers Running is for every run. We also have a location in Princeton, New Jersey, 7 Palmer Square in Princeton. All right, guys, episode number 106 in the books. Joanna never said anything special about 106. I know. She usually does have... A little nugget about the numbers. Yeah. yeah How about that? Putting her on the spot. That's all right. Episode number 106 in the books. Thanks again to Ahmed Bile for joining us on today's program. Look forward to following him in his uh, quest to make the world team here in 2017. Also, thank you to uh, Julie and Brandon for helping me set up that interview up. I also want to thank the listeners, of course. Thanks, Kelly, the intern, and thank you, William E. Docks, and Julian Russo. I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace Nation. We'll see you next week. see that kid stick his face in the window yeah (laughs) he's got it like just pretend like you don't see them like it's a it's one-way glass there he goes again do you think he's like running on this side because he knows about the podcast yes yeah i do